This is Till Death Do Us Recap. I'm Britt. I'm Tim. And today we are recapping Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, season 11, episode 9. A pretty mess. A pretty meltdown. I'm sorry. Oh. That was the name. A pretty meltdown. <laughs> a pretty meltdown. A lot of meltdown. <sighs> so let's just jump right in to where we left off, which was to be continued when we were in the middle of the Positano garden party gone awry. <laughs> um, we are fresh off of jealous of what your ugly leather pants. And just hearing <laughs> Kyle, like this, the episode essentially start with Kyle saying, <laughs> Again. she said ugly leather pants. She, she said, said ugly, ugly leather, leather pants. pants. <laughs> was so, <laughs> was just amazing. I loved it. So obviously we have, now she's marched up to the, back to the patio and she's crying and everyone has to surround her and make sure she's okay. And I just feel like this is the overarching, like. This is Sutton in a nutshell is yes, what you're saying? Yes. Like needing to be coddled. Yes. yes. Interesting. Cause you know, we talked last week about the pendulum mm-hmm. with them two, kind of going back and forth. Yeah. And I don't know, something about the way that this conversation ended. There was a part of me that was like swung back to Team Sutton side. Oh, I just God. I don't I'm just saying like no. the holding on to the violation really like got under my skin. No, today. it gets under my skin, too. But again, like we said last week, at this point, Crystal's just like, you are ridiculous. We agreed that we were done talking about this and you bring this up out of nowhere in the middle of Rena's lunch while we're giving Garcelle gifts and you make a big ass scene and you bring it all up again. And like all she has to hold on to is the technicality of the word. And I agree, we're all, including the women, going, oh, Crystal, can you just fix it right now by saying, never mind, I didn't mean that exact word. And yet, I'm just like, are we going to, like, let's take a step back. Let's zoom out again. Let's remember that, I don't know, the way that this has all, I mean, I just, I think about, like, that night where all of the women were in on an inside joke that they did not care to include Sutton in. Crystal tries to bring her in on the inside joke and becomes the villain for kicking her shin too hard. Or, you know what I'm saying? No, like, I okay. just feel like we, we can go tit for tat with these things, and that's totally fine. Yeah. I just, me seeing it and once again being reminded it's that like she everyone got just called... expects Crystal to have to be the bigger person in this situation because Sutton is such a blubbering mess at this point. And it's just, yes, Crystal is the one we all look to and we're like, just fix it, Crystal. Like, just say you didn't mean those exact words, okay? So we can move on. And it, but it's also like the girls say like a few minutes later, Garcelle's like, okay, can we move on? Can we put our big curl pants on? Can we like, you know, it's like, why isn't, Let's put I just on. feel like Sutton has gotten so much more in the big picture, so much more coddling than Crystal. That's fair. And I think that Crystal overall, for what a scene Sutton made, 
honestly, out of nowhere, we need to acknowledge that the reason she caught caused this scene is because she was feeling shame that she was the only one that didn't give Garcelle a gift. And so she decided to to hone all of that anger about feeling left out from all of the group gifts at Crystal sitting across the table from her. So I'm like, considering the situation, say what you want about the smugness of her smile, you know, that we all can see, obviously. But like, do you really blame her? Like, overall, I feel like she handled herself very gracefully and could have said so much more. I thought that she handled herself gracefully to a point. Sure. And being reminded of her calling Sutton manic in Tahoe. Which she did apologize for. Yes, but her apologies are not like they're. Okay, I don't know. I I, I get it. No, Whatever. her second but her like, apology about violation was still bullshit because it yeah. was like basically sorry it hurt you so much. But Rena called her out for the second apology about the manic stuff, mm-hmm. and then and then Crystal had to like reframe her yeah. apology because she didn't actually apologize the yeah. first time. Yeah, and then she, you know, like obviously, like here's my thing. Every time we get close to having a resolution. Yeah. Crystal kind of turns the knife a little bit. And don't get me wrong. Do I think Sutton is like out of line a lot of times? Absolutely. Do do I think Sutton's reasoning for starting this whole fight back in last episode was completely off the rails? Absolutely. And then we get to this point of it like almost being done. And then it's like, I'm not going to change viol- using the word violation. And you're an awkward and inappropriate and weird person. And it's just like, gosh, we are getting so close. And so hopefully it's done now. But you get what I'm saying? Like, I, yeah, I don't know. But I'm also just like, again, we're placing all of the onus on Crystal. You're right. To stop it. And yes, basically, like, as stable people, we look at a situation like that and we are just so desperate for someone to be the bigger person at some point and just fucking shut it all down. And Crystal is the most... Like, yeah, she has the easiest, fastest path to doing that because Sutton is such a blubbery mess and all Crystal apparently, which I don't really believe it, but apparently all she has to do is say, never mind, I didn't mean the word. And so it's like, we're all sitting there like, just say you didn't mean it, even if you did, for the love of God, so we can all move on. But I still get, for Crystal, especially as a first season housewife who's really trying to like, you're walking that line of trying to be likable, but also make it known that you can't be pushed around and like that you have a voice, which I feel like is always a tricky yeah, uh, thingy for them in their first season. I can see how she's just feeling like, I don't know. I thought it was hilarious. And of course, very unhelpful though, when she was like, yeah. <laughs> when she was like, you are an awkward, inappropriate person. Yeah. Eh, I don't know. I mean, like, I think this is finally put to bed. Everyone needs to put on their big girl pleather pants and get their over high this. Waisted their high waisted pleather pants. pleather pants. pants. And this little conversation ends with probably the best <laughs> word art that one could be given by Rinna, which <laughs> is um Stay true to stay true to yourself, take one day at a time and live in the moment. 
And that's how that's the She's bow like, that gets wrapped up. This live, laugh, love. Live, laugh, love. And then Garcelle's like, I'm drunk. And she's like, me too. Ah! The classic Rinna drunk scream, which yeah. is my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> what a great way to close out the Positano party. That was party. hilarious. So I don't know. I'm still personally, th- I'm still personally more team Crystal right now. But I think I it also needs to be acknowledged that this is like, this is what housewives are made of. Good feuds that make you pull your hair out, that make you switch sides every week, that make you feel like, oh my God, that behavior was unacceptable and hysterical. Or like, ah, she's right this week and she's right this week. Like they're both ridiculous in their own ways. They're both twats in their own age ways <laughs> and they're also both hilarious in their own ways i mean i have to say sutton her commentary in the interview really like there's always something she says every week that cracks me up but yeah i also think she's like a total narso yes and yeah you, you make good points there and i mean obviously the big thing this whole year for uh, this whole season is going to be centered on Erica's like mess of a life right now, but the pretty mess, the pretty mess. Um, but we have to acknowledge that regardless of what side you're on in this scenario, we have two new housewives. I mean, Sutton was a friend of the show, but now she's a housewife, two first year housewives who are doing an amazing job of creating and guiding the drama on this season (laughs) so that being said we're here for it yeah okay i feel like now we just need to get into the erica of it all speaking of erica speaking of the pretty mess in what was it this week the unfinished little bungalow Mm. in the quaint little town of hancock park (laughs) Los Angeles, California. Well, oh, it needs to be addressed, obviously, that right after this Positano, three of them get infected, which I just wanted to know, who do you think was patient zero? Um, Between uh, Kathy, Dory, and Kyle. I think it was probably Kathy. That's funny. I was going to say the same thing. I, I mean, here's, here's the thing. I think, like... You've been you you're putting the timeline on this, and this is um there was a period of, of November. Yeah, end of November. There was a period of time last year in August, September, when it seemed like we were kind of turning the corner on COVID and everyone loosened up. Yeah. And then pretty much like November, December, January, February, it was like, holy shit, it's back. Like we let's reassess some things. And they've kind of been acting like it hasn't really been a thing. In terms oh, of like right. the face mask, and it's like it's been, it's been loose, yeah. you know, like end of summer. Now we're getting into the fall. It was that stage winter. where like people that had access to testing all the time, you like, and especially if you're on a production, you were getting tested probably every single day. And it created the illusion almost of vaccination. Yes. But it was not. And it, but it was <laughs> so a, a lot of people were kind time. of like, yeah. So my reasoning behind thinking Kathy is that Kyle runs a pretty tight ship at her house mm-hmm. and like her daughters are come like her daughter came last week from college and she was like yeah no hugging we For need to make days. sure she's okay and you're seeing how she's reacting to it now like so distraught distraught and like hurt by what's going on with her and her family and not being able to be a good mom mm-hmm. dorit i think 
kind of the same same kind of thing. So I, I could see Kathy being a little yeah, loose I and passing around. Yeah, I imagine Kathy like definitely got it from Paris. I don't know why. I just <laughs> <laughs> Paris is actually patient zero. If you guys didn't know, you heard it here first. Oh my! We gosh. are uncovering truths every day out of our assholes there's gonna be a fake <laughs> a fake news warning on this pod now you triggered it apple's listening hey, we changed the content level to explicit that could mean anything <laughs> big tech heard you and you're gonna get censored now <laughs> okay um <laughs> okay so now that we've figured out who patient zero is let's move on <laughs> to uh the collage yeah, of so, erica so much of this episode takes place right it's like half zoom combos yeah so december 2nd it comes out in the news that tom girardi and erica are being sued for embezzling millions of dollars from the plane crash boeing plane crash victims and so it's like it's fascinating because like it shows the headline comes out on december 2nd and all of the women are in their second week so they all have to quarantine for two weeks after being exposed to patient zero blah um paris you did a number oh my on god this cast um so they're all zooming and that is when we first i mean first it's what is it erica kyle and rena and i just didn't know what to make of that conversation in particular because i just feel like she didn't say a ton I mean, she did say he hasn't given me one dime since I walked out that door. And then there was one point where like the girls are definitely probing. Like, did you know anything? And I don't know. I was watching her specifically when she said I didn't do this. And she was like staring down at the bed and like, I don't know. I mean, it also wasn't great video quality, but I was just like, hmm, it made me cock my head for a second. Yeah, I mean, two two points here. This whole episode, to me, just felt like one long Erica conversation. Yeah. Like, and so it gets, I'm like, they're all all running together in my mind. Um, But there were definitely, so I think I know the moment that you were talking about. And she looked down and she did a, right after she said that, she, um, she swallowed and like, I don't know. It, it it just those are like weird little tells. There's a Seinfeld episode where we are where not someone, body language experts. I'm just saying there's a yeah where Kramer's this interrogating has someone. Made us professionals at a lot of things. And it's amazing. Reading the swallow can or the the pause can okay. maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just didn't really know what to make of that whole thing. I sort of expected a little yeah, but then right after that we have the girl hanging person with um crystal erica and rena yes at her and we doll, get all house of a house yeah her unfinished little bungalow it, i appreciated that crystal was like it's not little what are you talking about and she's yeah. like oh, girl and i'm like erica stop and this is the one where they get more into like the sham yeah the money of it all the sham divorce that's when those claims started coming out and I mean, I'm just going to say, I thought she was convincingly distraught. Yeah, there was. I mean, it, it's. But then there was some interesting. Um, There's one line. I feel like every single like meetup with little... Erica, I was overall like, what can I say against this? Like, she is presenting as authentic. Like, 
what more do I know? You know? And then every single time there was a conversation, there was one thing that would make me go. "Ah." So in this conversation, it was. So Rinna was basically trying to kind of be like, so she goes. So now that you know what you know, what was there anything that you would do differently? You know, when you look back and Erica has to quickly say, oh, I don't know what I don't know. Yeah. And I don't know. I was just like, hmm, that was interesting. Like that felt like a let me correct you. And I know that she's probably anyone in that headspace, I guess, even if you were innocent, you are now thinking about how every little thing is going to be interpreted. And like that isn't inherently that doesn't indicative of guilt. You know, it's someone who's, you know, trying to protect their ass and get through this as unscathed as possible, especially if with the stuff about her husband that she said is true. Like, I thought that that was interesting how she brought up there was a lawsuit two years ago based out of Arizona, which I knew nothing about. And she basically saw something in the mail or something or was served or something. And she basically, like, she says that this was the first time that something like this had ever really, like, logged for her. Mm -hmm. And she tried to get info out of him. And he was, like, very staunchly, like, no, leave me alone. Like, it's nothing. Back off. And so as, I mean, I have to say the bigger story that she's kind of painting here of like, of like, I didn't ask questions. I was his wife. He kept me out of his business stuff. Like, why would I not? Like, that's all the stuff that I've been saying this whole time. And I do feel like at least at this point in shooting, the women all pretty much are kind of on that same wavelength. Um, So I don't know. That was just, that's, that's sort of the general... But then I, once we started getting into, by the end, um, Tom melting in front of my eyes, getting decrepit, shri- like she's in pl- this, like, like she's been hiding that he's actually been shriveling and incapable of acknowledging his mental faculties are shriveling. That is when I started to get more suspicious because I was like, oh, you're planting the he is mentally unfit story right now. There's a few things I have to say. That was in the last conversation. Yeah, so, yeah, we'll, yeah I want to get to that. Um, I think a couple things are happening in this conversation with them at Erica's house with Crystal and Rena. First mm-hmm. of all, Erica, it is very easy. We know a lot in hindsight now, but taking the context of the moment, it is very easy, I think, for Erica to convince her fellow housemate or, yeah, like castmates, housewives th- of her complete innocence because they're all completely shocked by it. So it's very right. like she doesn't have to say a whole lot in the moment. And then we get the confessionals and the confessionals are the I am composed and I have my answers pretty much ready to go like there was a couple weird things she said they were talking about assets and Ren is like, and she goes, does it, Erica says, does it look like I'm hiding assets here? 
like in this small house, it's like, okay, you're not going to have diamond rings out. You know, like that's not how people hide assets. I'm sorry. I feel like she's trying to make a point. Like, look how poor I am. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And then in her confessional, she says, everyone says that Erica Jane brought down Tom Girardi. Tom Girardi brought down Tom Girardi. And I'm thinking to myself, who's saying that Erica Jane brought down Tom Girardi? Like he got brought down for getting in trouble. Like it wasn't like, it's not like she Mm. ratted him out. I don't know. That was a weird. Well, I think people have maybe hinted at that. Okay. I mean, Twitter has obviously been relentless to her ever since this first started coming out. Um, but yeah, no, I wrote that down. I thought that was just like intense mm-hmm. when she was like, Tom Girardi brought down Tom Girardi. I felt like I could see her fury behind her eyeballs. <laughs> um, but to that, if you want to uh-huh. jump ahead, like to that point, I just thought, I mean, with the mascara running down the face at the end, oh my gosh, which okay, okay Camilla, okay, Camille, Cam- Camille, former housewife, tweeted that in season nine, they went to the Bahamas. And there seemed to be no running of the mascara when Erica was getting in and out of the water. That is the... Okay, Camille is shady and looking for relevance. Erica was on a trip with a glam team in the tropics. I'm sure her glam team used waterproof mascara on her. And today, she probably wore normal mascara, which I have done on accident plenty of times where I then end up crying and I did not foresee that I was going to be crying. That so day. you're telling me right now, just to ha- just to get a grip. I just, I'm saying on. as a female that wears mascara most days, I rarely remember to even think about that. Like. Here's the thing for how yeah, much, for sure. how, not yeah. just to hear me out for a second, for <laughs> how many tears are shed on this show, I mean, it happened multiple times this episode but from different house, from different housewives, and she has her, you know, obviously waterproof mascara for her confessionals because she has single tears coming down at certain points. You're telling me that none of this, zero percent of this, was performative. I just don't know. Okay, you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> exactly. Um. Anyway, no, so what I wanted to say is about this conversation is, yes, I'm dying at all of the degradations that Erica is bringing up about crusty old Tom, old Tom Girardi. Yeah. And it seems like that, yeah, she's laying those breadcrumbs now, and it seems like that's going to be the story that continues next week in La Quinta from the preview. Oh, yeah, totally. Well, and she, it was weird. So at the last meetup with Kyle, Kyle's just so sweet. I'm sorry. I just, <laughs> she's like practically crying from the second they meet because she can't hug her. She gets so like, oh no, you're so sad. I'm so sad because you're so sad. <laughs> Poor Kyle. I felt for Kyle this week. Oh, she's going through it. I mean, I think every scene she was in, she was crying. Like, I just felt really bad for the her. The COVID really fucked up her head. Yeah. Which you hear that that it did that. I think the combination of being literally trapped and like really isolated from everyone in your family. And then like when you're sick, like it affects everything and everyone's scared. It's a global pandemic. So you're like, I'm sure the whole time you're sick, you're like scared. Something worse is going to happen. Like it just, yeah, nightmarish. Um, But 
Okay, with this last meetup when they were on the walk that never became a walk, she, it was weird even the way that she did end up leading us into old man Girardi because it started as though she's like talking about how overwhelmed she is and then basically acts like you just don't have any idea. Like there's this big story bursting from her chest and she just doesn't know if she can say it yet, if this is the right time for this story. And you're like, what? And then ends up, you know, leaving these little to watch someone melt, which I just thought was such a weird way to say someone is aging. Um, and then, you know, all the stuff we already said about that she said about like, then she's like, when he's losing his hearing or his eyesight and he says, no, I'm not. And da da da. That was just very bizarre to me. I'm like, where are we going with this other than the fact that a couple months later, the lawyers presented a, a dementia diagnosis? Tom's lawyer. Yeah. 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 So it's like, why? Yeah, it's I don't hard know. to not I mean, feel like it's all a part of the plan unless there, like, there's some legitimate thought here that some of this obviously they're trying to imply that a lot of this bad behavior with the finances is all because he's actually been mentally declining for years so why would she then play that angle mm -hmm. and talk about that i guess she's just trying to say it was hard for me as a wife well, to remember, deal with those things but like that makes tom seem more like innocent and she's aiding his innocence yeah i just don't think that she knew knew well okay here's really no, this is what i was gonna say you may be right. I'm open to that. I'm open to that. If I was in her position right now, it seems, and I was truly innocent, I would be furious that my name, like furious, and the only thing I would be talking about is how, how the hell did my name get in the books? Which she did say once. Yeah, I guess that would be the, the the big thing that I'm leading with. Like, how the hell am I involved with this? I have, you know, like, it, it just seems like she's kind of all over the place with well, her Well, and I have to say my other thing that I would think that I would be fixated on is verbalizing the horror at what, like, the alleged victims of this situation exactly we have not even she's never once said anything about she's the only victim in her story so far and i am trying to decide is that because she is who she is <laughs> or is that because she's like so like she can't say anything i don't know but i do think it's a strange it's a strange um, angle to never even address that, even performatively, you know, like to even say a single thing. Yeah. And that's this is the hard part with it all is on the outside, you know, because producer producers ask, like, when did you first hear about this Boeing lawsuit mm -hmm. or whatever? And she's like, I can't talk about that. Right. And so it's like it's always it's hard when you're trying to figure out we're trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. And at times it's like, oh, that that seems very like nice and selective that you have the opportunity to not answer that question right now, even though it's probably like she probably actually can't talk about it. But everything that she can talk about, apparently, is all her innocence with this whole thing in a way. Right. I don't know. 
Yeah, for sure. And I, okay, so my cockeyed moment of this okay. time is when she, so she's explaining to Kyle, like, how lonely it's been. And then in her confessional, she says, you know, you really find out who your real friends are when you, when something like this happens or when you go to jail or to help you bury a body. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I literally just mouth agape was like, Erica, I have been defending you, bitch. Why would you say that? That is so weird. Maybe we don't use that metaphor if we find ourselves in the sticky legal situation that we currently find ourselves right, in. Right, where there's like real dead victims. Like I just, no, no, you're implying that real. It's one thing to say like, I totally get that. Like how you know, you find out who your real friends are when shit really hits the fan in your life, especially publicly. And suddenly a bunch of people are gone. And that is probably real. And I bet you it's a mix of like, I don't want to look bad people. And then people that like are judging you on what has come out and are making choices that like, okay, if that's the kind of person you are, then I don't maybe want to know you. But then to take it to basically imply, if you're a really good friend, you're gonna help you're me. gonna help me bury the body. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, ooh, you might have just told us a little bit too much. Yeah, there because was... that would support the idea that I really don't believe at this point, but it's a fun path. I mean, I felt like if any, you couldn't have said anything more like implicating that like you are capable of basically die hard to the end like like maybe even doing a sham divorce and being publicly humiliated for the sake of your husband there i mean the the fascinating aspect of all of this is it feels like at times Erica's story is changing because as it's happening and developing in real life, more stuff is coming out and then she's going to have to respond to it. And, you know, she said also in this conversation with Kyle, she said something along the lines of, um, I could have never predicted this could have happened. And I'm like, okay, so what is it, hon? Is it that like last week you were telling us that your husband is like this shrewd business lawyer who keeps you out of things. And now he's a decrepit old man. And it's like, what? Like, really? You couldn't have, you could have never predicted anything like this would happen. Really? Like, I'm just not buying that. Hmm. I am. Okay. <laughs> but that could mean a lot of things <laughs> that she couldn't have predicted this would happen. Maybe this is getting true. caught. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, those are my thoughts at this point with her. Like, I just, I'm telling you that I continue to be very impressed by what she brings to the table at face value. Um, and I also think that at any moment, if I were to choose to view everything she said through the lens of everything she's saying is bullshit. I can also completely switch my lens and I can see it all that way too, which is why I feel so damn stumped. Yeah. And regard, regardless of all of the like devil's advocating I've been doing in this Erica Jane se- segment, she was like pretty convincing this episode. Thank you. 
Okay. So I, I, all that being said, I know I've been on this. She knows it all. She, you know, like yeah. track. Like she's a maniacal, conniving lady villain. No, I mean, I'm not. Th- I'm not. I never said that she was like in Tom's study while they were hatching this master plan. I just think she knows more than she's letting on. Yeah. And has some faults For herself. Sure. Um, but that being said, taking all the conversations this week, she definitely like was pretty good at saying what she was saying. It's yeah. your choice if you want to, how much of it you want to believe. Yeah. Um. Okay. Little things that okay. stood out to me. Yeah. Um. I am curious what you think about this. So Rinna comes over to Sutton's house. First things first, had no clue Sutton had an 18 year old daughter. I guess I have amnesia. Uh, and it's an interesting like grouping because her daughter is like clearly not that comfortable with the whole thing, but they sit down and I just thought it was funny when Rena was in the confessional and she's like, I'm very strict. I don't let my girls get lip fillers. Sutton. Sutton was in the Sutton. Sutton yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I don't let my girls get lip fillers. I don't let them blah, blah, blah. They had curfews. They had blah. It's all very reasonable. And yet it felt very pointed as shade at Rena to me. There was a lot. Okay. It, it, this was a weird little trio get together because it felt like there was a ton of shade on being thrown on both sides in the confessional. Like even when Rena oh, when Rena says okay. the sorority wasn't always a nerdy sorority. I know. I'm like, what are you trying? I'm like, what like, are you, you trying bitch. to imply? She's like, back in my day, it was the cool girl sorority. Now it's like the nerdy girl sorority. I'm like, are you throwing shade at this 18-year-old yeah. girl right now? Like, oh my and gosh. Making like being called geniuses a bad thing. I know. It oh, was just like Rena. so weird. And then Sutton's going in on like. Yeah, I'm not letting my daughter hang out with the girl who's dating a 38-year-old yeah. with three kids. Which, you know what? Me too. Oh, no. <laughs> I, exactly. And like, when Renan was, like, play date, I was like, not with my kid, you're not. Like, yeah. not going to happen. But it was still all just, like, a little... Yeah, it felt like even the suggestion of them all hanging out, it felt like Rena in her head is sitting there thinking, yeah, right, my daughters are not going to want to hang out with you. Even though she suggested it. I know, it was weird. This whole th- that whole conversation. Yeah, the whole hang weird. felt not natural. Yeah. Like they're not, that wasn't a natural whatever. Um, and I mean, the, a little segue that really needs no more than like a statement is that Delilah, the older daughter, just has so much work done on her face. She literally looks like a walking Instagram filter. I couldn't tell from from Ugh. the. Uh, it was just like I mean, on the can, FaceTime. It's just so a ton I... of Botox. Like you can just tell everything. And then the lips, the lip filler. I was just like, oh my god, you literally look like those fucked up Instagram filters that make us look like alien models that we all like low key kind of love to see our face in. But then it's very disturbing because the second you remove it you maybe don't like your face as much because it's so unnatural. I'm just like, I do think it's interesting that, I, I mean, Rena can't do anything about her 22-year-old daughter. But. Yeah, but I also think that with the way that Rena has made her lips, her whole, like, shtick, her whole thing. Yeah. It's like, she seems like, love Rena. also seems like she's the type of person who's like, 
So tomorrow we're going for your first lip filler appointment. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, like if, 16th if, birthday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like if you are a daughter in the Rena, if Rena's your mom, there's no chance that you're going all natural with yeah. your lips. It's just not especially when you're like talking about vintage clothes on the phone and like your mom just like off the cuff says that her pregnancy dress will probably still fit you right now even though you're not pregnant it's just like there are those little things where Rena doesn't have I don't think like a mean-spirited bone in her body but I think that she's kind of an idiot with all this stuff and, lacks some and she yeah and she like comes she's naturally genetically thin always has been and comes from the gnarly like tabloid pop culture days of the 90s and the 2000s where you know everybody tore every woman apart up and down the heroin chic movement yeah <laughs> and i just think like that would have been crazy even if your mom was like super conscious of not like trying like how do you not project your mom like that in that image onto yourself when you're growing up as a female it's just gnarly yeah Absolutely. Uh, which Amelia, I feel like, kind of said as much when she first came out with her eating disorder a couple years ago. Yeah. You know, I mean, she didn't blame Rena, but she was like, she did imply that, like, you know, Don't things know how in to their talk environment. To yeah, 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 yeah. Blah, blah. Uh, and also, then, wait, before Rena gets around in this episode. I was like, because we didn't see, oh, like, yeah, we didn't right. see any Dorit she was pretty like much. A traveling. But Rena is all over the place this week. Yeah. Like she goes to every, I everyone. feel like she goes to everyone's house. Like yeah. it's crazy. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. We didn't get a lot of Garcelle and we didn't get a lot of Dorit this week. Yeah. We haven't been getting much of Dorit for the last few weeks. Yeah. And I know a lot of fans are like freaking out that people, that maybe producers are trying to push her to a friend of. Interesting. I don't think that that's real, but she must not really have anything that interesting going on right now. Yeah. I don't Dorit, know. come with some, some stuff to talk about here. <laughs> Uh, Give us some content for the pod. Kathy and Kyle meet up and Kathy howls speaking with her dog Ugh. for longer than one single howl was just amazing. Loved it. Also Loved it. doing not just howling, but doing the <laughs> your whole body into it. Yes. Like doing the actual dog slash wolf, like double angle up to <laughs> yeah. the sky like that. Oh, ooh. Like was and her dog's name is Sue. That's cute. It's so, so cute. cute. And her what about her wreaths? Oh my god, with weird random plastic babies. The vintage snowman. <laughs> vintage snowman. She's like, you know, like a receipt from Saks. I just love putting all these things together. I'm like, you, you are, are such a strange woman. Like truly a strange woman, but I freaking love her. Also, how much would like a, a custom Kathy holiday wreath be with like oh. a vintage doll and a receipt from one of Kathy's Barney's. receipts. Yeah, yeah, that would be I would insanely use that for amazing. We would keep Christmas that in a gift. special like plastic case. And it would probably be up all year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. At, okay, this is my favorite thing. I love when, so like Kyle, it switches from being hilarious to Kyle, like being weepy. She still feels like shit. She can, she's barely been there for her kids because of, being quarantined and then i do feel really bad about the whole situation with portia like it oh, sounds I like know. she's depressed you yeah know? that sucks Which no, is just no like, kid damn. should have to yeah um but then like kathy's trying to make her feel better <laughs> oh wait and maybe they had switched 
I don't even know the context. But then Kathy goes, you know, at the end of the day, life is a poker game and everyone has to share their cards. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then Kyle, Kyle just, just burst into yeah. laughter like yeah. fuck off no, yeah, they, they they were talking about Erica's oh, stuff yeah, and not, okay. not really known but Kyle was still depressed and then Kathy just comes out with that great one liner and Kyle yeah, and just Kyle's like, no. melts into laughter and confusion <laughs> Kathy is so good at like these crazy like phrases that sound like they're out of like an old western movie or something uh, who's hunky dory that's still uh, gonna yeah. be my favorite but like a phrase like that, like, I think, you know, at the end of the day, life is just a poker game. Everyone's going to have to share their cards. Yeah. <laughs> just. And it's like, are we, is this going to be serious? Is this going to be serious? And Kyle's like, no, <laughs> I love it. I feel like those are my big thoughts. Yeah. That's all I got for this week. I'm starting to sweat it here in the the closet studio yeah <laughs> um so we have married at first sight coming up soon it's uh, premiering next week it is premiering it is week. premiering next week so double pod time yeah um we're gonna check out the little specials before and be ready to rock and roll for a new season taking place in texas yeah, Somewhere and they're currently casting for anyone in San Diego. So, friends, if you live in SD, apply. It would be a dream come true for us all. Um, I don't know how, how we would... It would be an interesting to have someone we know on the show having to recap what happened to them. <laughs> Our thoughts uh, on their behavior. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We're, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. I don't, I don't actually really want to think about that. That sounds bad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we'll see you next week for Married at First Sight and Real House Lives of Beverly Hills. Um, please go and leave us a comment. Subscribing is the latest thing that I have learned is actually even more important to the algorithm than leaving a review. So if you haven't already, wherever you listen to this podcast, please subscribe. Um, it does a lot of good for us and allows more people to see the pod and thus listen. Find us on TikTok. Find us on Instagram. We're constantly putting shit out most days to make you laugh and make you think a little bit more about the most recent ep. But yeah, we're excited to talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.